Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, I can't wait to show my kids this movie, the sequel. We continue our discussion with Jarrett Hill and Travell Anderson of the podcast Fanti about navigating past and present media with a critical lens. Plus, Biz hates summer. Woo! Hey, Biz. I am just calling with a check-in because I'm really, really happy and need someone to celebrate with. My (laughs) two-year-old had her first day of day camp this week, and it's her first time going to any kind of school or camp or anything completely by herself, and I was an anxious wreck because I I messed up the scheduling, and I couldn't be there to drop her off, and her dad, like, her dad did a great job of drop-off, obviously, but, like, it it felt like I should be there. I don't know, Um, and so I was so anxious all morning, and then when I went to pick her up, she was so happy and she had done so well and had so much fun and such a good time. And her teachers were saying how impressed they were with her. And when I put her in the car and was asking about her day, one of the first things she did was she looked at me and she said, my teachers loved me. Oh. And I just also want to thank teachers <laughs> for loving my baby. And like, I just, I'm so happy, and I'm going to need this preschool now to come out with a K-12 program because I Ah. don't want to send her anywhere else. But anyway, I just need to celebrate. Thanks, Biz. You're doing a great job, and so am I. Bye. Whoa! That is woo-worthy. That is a great check-in, and I am celebrating with you. I am am doing the celebrating happy first day of preschool, independent child off away from you day. Yeah, of course it's stressful. And I think secretly there is a hidden genius in misscheduling because A, it let your partner shine when it came to drop off. And two, it just, I don't know. I don't know. I I always found the drop off like, oh, insane. And I am with you on that great feeling, whether it's preschool or a friend's house, first time they go over to a friend's house, summer camp, school, whatever, that moment where you realize, A, they're okay, and B, that other people will also care for and love your child in support of you. And that is really nice to know. And I'm with you. I cry all the time when I think about teachers. So you you are doing a remarkable job all around. Good job. And obviously, that's going to take us right into the thank yous. (laughs) 
Well, let's just go right in with teachers. We're all crying right now. Teachers, thank you for being nice to our children. Teachers, maybe school has started. Maybe school is just about to start. I I don't know if we give enough credit and insight to the fact that in many cases, no one has really set foot on a campus in like almost two full school years or a whole school year and a half. There are like things that were put up on the walls in 2019, right? I mean, it's not, no one's paying to have that place cleaned while they're gone. And I am just saying that I see you in terms of whatever strangeness you are coming back to before school starts. So thank you. And I know, especially in most situations, there's not a huge budget for teachers in their schools. (laughs) Just my mind is blowing. And so I know you're doing a lot of this out of your own pocket. And I just want you to know that I see you and I appreciate you. And this is a really difficult time to be a teacher and in education. And I just want you to know that we really thank you. Medical professionals, God, I am so sorry that, that there is no break that there was like this little window of, oh, maybe we're headed towards break. And now in many of our states, the numbers in COVID have really shot through the roof and you're being asked to work nonstop, whether that is as a doctor or somebody who keeps the facility safe and clean, whether that's uh, the people who are doing insurance and data entry. I mean, you're You're being pushed above and beyond. I was listening to a story today with a chaplain from a hospital chaplain. And I thank you, all of you who work in hospitals as volunteers or as chaplain or as rabbis, because in a lot of cases, you are our only contact because we can't be there. So thank you. I see you. Thank you. And as always, thank you to just everybody who was out there making it so that the world is even remotely, remotely normal feeling. Thank you to everybody who created vaccines and continue to give vaccines and continue to help make it so that people who have been given misinformation and or cannot access vaccines for any variety of reasons, helping them to access them. That is major work, and I appreciate it. And speaking of people who may have a hard time accessing it, I want to give a special thank you, shout out to people who work with or volunteer with the homeless population in our country. We had a problem before the pandemic with people not having access to living spaces. And with the pandemic, that number has increased. And I think that there are people out there every day who are assisting those who are in need and giving them access to the vaccines and to masks and to 
clean water, uh, safe places to use the bathroom, all those sorts of things. Thank you. That was a really hard job, and I appreciate it. So how am I? Well, maybe you can hear it in the sound of my voice. I fucking hate summer. Guys, some of you are saying, Biz, summer, summer's over. Uh, school started. Not here. Not in my, not my school. Not the school that my kids go to. It doesn't start until like September 8th. That feels like forever. It's three more weeks. It's like the, they're two and a half. We're in August and there are no camps and there are no nothing. And last year we were in a pandemic, so everybody was trapped. And we had all gotten into that like, oh, we're all at home zone. Now, Stefan's going back to the office on some days. Some days he's working remotely. The kids are both home and I, there's nowhere to take them. And uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for nine years, you will remember that I, I don't do camp mom. I'm not good at that. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten even worse at it. I'm like, uh, this is, camp mom is essentially how many hours of Switch games can we play and how many hours of Ninjago or Craig of the Creek, that's the new one around here, we watch. Uh, and the answer is a lot. The answer is so much, I don't think I should tell Stefan. <laughs> Like, by Wednesday, I was already just like, fuck everything. I don't even want a parent anymore. I can't do it. I just want to turn the television on and make it all go away. Which ties in nicely to what we are going to do today, which is pick up the first ever part two of an interview. We've never done a part two. But in talking with Jarrett Hill and Travel Anderson of Fanti, that podcast, that just discussion went on and on because I was having such a good time talking with them. And we were really talking about stuff that I, I'm not sure how to navigate, like navigating old media that I really liked, that I want to share with my kids, that now I'm like, well, maybe that's not the right thing to do anymore. And actually much deeper questions than just that. So with all that said... We are going to get back in to that discussion with Jarrett Hill and Travel Anderson. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. As a parent, I had an old high school friend of mine was on the show recently. They do, they write young adult novels and they're all centered around gay men going through their teens, young adult, you know, discovering. He was gay. We grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And as you can imagine, there was not a single role model or person mm. that, I mean, like he and I were talking about that. And I was like, oh my God, you're, Yeah. There was no teacher. There was no kid mm -hmm. who had two moms or two dads. There was a, none of that was there. And that is not a, even close to the experience. And I say this because it used to be you had to search for books. You had to search for shows. You had to search for music. And now, because of the hyper-focused, some mm -hmm. of these, like, lanes, you know, 
I grew up in a house where no one said I couldn't watch Different Strokes or I couldn't watch What's Happening, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, that was not my house. So here, it's also not our house that my kids can't access. It's like the books. It's like, you know, you need diversity on your shelves so mm-hmm. that your kids are already exposed to diversity. And the same goes with TV. So, like, my kid who wants to only watch all things gay, trans, whatever, they have just so many more outlets. And they get so excited when they see it. They get to come in and be like, you know, Steven Universe! And like like all of these, (laughs) there's a character in this book that's this. There's a character in this manga that's this. And I just think that's so fucking awesome. Yeah, well, I just I, wish there I, weren't the I'm other assholes with out you. there. That part. Well, I, I'm completely with you. Like, I think that there's something really fantastic about having like a niche that is being super served, right? And the ways yeah. that we can see, you know, a, a full network devoted to, you know, insert, you know, uh, demographic group here. I think the challenge becomes if we think about it from the lens of social media, right? So if I get onto my social media, if I go and start scrolling through Twitter. Um, I'm, it's very likely that I know, right. Um, (laughs) as I start scrolling through Twitter, I'm going to start seeing like themes of conversations that are happening, right. Whether it's about like something that's trending from a TV show or some new music just dropped, or there's a new music video or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And I'm going to have, get this impression from my Twitter feed that everyone is talking about X thing. But if I were to log into your Twitter feed, Liz, God knows right. what we would find, right? But Not like, a lot, but I would start I hate talking. social I would... media. <laughs> you would, but like, you would, would find a tweet like, from people... eight years ago. <laughs> but like, but if I was looking at the people that you right. chose to follow, right? Like, right. they would probably be different people than I did, and so you would have like a different impression of like what everyone is talking about in the world, and like we all kind of exist in these bubbles that we are yeah. creating on our social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, what have you, or TikTok. And so as we're kind of creating those bubbles, like it's a safe space for us, right? Because a lot of the times we're seeing people that that agree with the things that Mirror. we're thinking about or feel right. similar things that we feel, right? But then it's also kind of putting us in silos. And like when we look at the the polarization of our, of our country right now, if we think about politics, because I'm always thinking about politics, I'm we sorry. see like so many people who have, I know, <laughs> <laughs> listen, there's therapy for that. I know. Um, but like we see we see all I'm these silos it. of people who have like a different politic or a different like worldview and it is like fully supported and energized and connected because they all we all have like these these worlds that we're kind of creating and there's something really beautiful about it but there's also something challenging about it too. But can't you I mean the the challenge is the isolating, right? Is the isolating you in your silo, whether you are, whether you have been underserved up to date and now you get it, or you're just a complete nightmare and you're going to live in the, because, so that's the, that's the down, but the up is if you are willing, if you want to make sure that you are being exposed to a variety of things, having all these niches allows you to, you know, travel through it. I, I, I remember when Queer Eye came out for the first time 100,000 years ago, I was just like weeping. Like I'd never write people a letter and I wrote them a letter and I was just like, I, I, I hope you understand how important the thing is that you're doing, right? Like you're getting a mm. whole bunch of people who've never been around anybody who's gay, right? Yeah. And only have like horrible stereotypes to go off of getting to see the kindness, the sensitivity, the and 
and people get to see people change when it comes to their acceptance, right? So like you get to having more out there, I think can help. It seems like the question is, how do you help the world navigate, pick up all the channels, not just the one that interests them? Uh, uh, sorry, I will have to say that Travel had another bird in the room. So I'm gonna, I have oh, to let, no, sorry, no. Travel. there was another bird in so, Travel's okay. room. So I, I don't necessarily disagree with what y'all are saying. <laughs> so can we pause, but... Travel? Before you make your point, the original show that we that we pitched was called "I Don't Disagree" because it's something we say to each other all yeah. the time, and that was the, that was the show that they were like, "Yeah, this ain't it." <laughs> so we always end up saying this back and forth to each other. No, so. actually, I oh, love it because it's the same thing with parenting, where it's like, "Oh, we didn't agree on anything on how we do that, but did it work for you?" But it worked, right? That's all that matters. (laughs) And I'm just thinking about the ways in which, you know, media that is created, even social media, the the social media bubble is the word that you use, Jared, that is often created by those who are the most marginalized in our societies end up being the most representative of the fullness of our society. And so what I'm thinking mm-hmm. about is like mm-hmm. my social media pages, while there's definitely, you know, a an overrepresentation of like black, queer, and trans folks, there are also other people who are and 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 other people's thoughts that that are part of that world as well. And I'm thinking about the films and the TV shows you spoke about. You spoke about the original Queer Eye, but I'm also thinking about the new mm-hmm. Queer Eye reboot. I'm thinking about Steven Universe you mentioned. I'm thinking of Doc McStuffins. I'm thinking of all of these yeah. TV shows, the L Word, the new L Word reboot, Generation Q. I'm thinking of all these these newer shows in particular that have you know diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, and representation, you know, baked into the 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 cake, if you will. And I am thinking about the ways in which just though those forms of media are decidedly different than the forms of media that are produced for, by, and about the the problematic folks, the racists and the white supremacists and the, the sexists. That's and true. All of that. that- I can see that. It feels different to me, right? And and when I hear what y'all are saying, like those are the that's the same, you know, arguments that like conservatives use against social media, against the liberal, the liberal folks and all of that. The liberal elites. Yeah. All of that, right? And it just it just I don't know, for me it just feels different. That the type of media that is hyper serving my interests feels different than the mm. type of media that might be hyper serving other people's interests. And I wonder if it's because the media that's serving me is not only aware and cognizant of my station in life as a black, queer, non-binary person, et cetera, et cetera, but it's also aware of how my position in life is in relation to, to. everybody else's because my experience yes. is is under patriarchy and white supremacy and all of that. Does that make sense? So yes, hold on, there's a bird in that, here. I, <laughs> I, I started to look around to indicate that I had something, but I didn't know I if know. that was the I right way nothing. to do that. I'm just indicating uh, <laughs> I need about 10 minutes to, to journal what we're talking about. Go well, ahead. Well, <laughs> what I think is great about, because I, 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 I wholly agree with you, Travel, on this one, but the thing for me is like, it really harkens back to the first point I was making about the ways that like shows 
that have like a progressive perspective or a progressive writer's room or a progressive, you know, tilt tend to age better. Because I think that um, that is an inherently progressive value, right? To be all inclusive. I, I'm always like explaining this, but like, it's really important to me that we always like define the difference between what it means to be conservative or progressive, right? And I mean, yes, I'm leading into the politics of this, but like, apolitically conservative means to conserve or protect or to hold on to or to remain mm -hmm. unchanged or to, you know, keep something the same, right? Whereas progressive means to move forward, to evolve, to change, to, you know, to, to welcome in, to, you know, always be making more room for more things. And so, again, apolitically, if you are looking at something that is more progressive inherently, it's going to age better, right? Because it was including more people into those narratives and conversations and thought processes. But if you're watching something that is very niche, it's or very conservative that does not really have room for those other things. The people who are in that cable lane, who are all watching just things that have that kind of focus, they also are not going to age well, right? Because their worldview is going to be very right. narrow in that way. They're and I think that we behind. also, yeah. right, we tend to see that because when we hear actors talk about playing villains, they always talk about how, well, I can't see the Joker as a villain. I have to see him as a person who made choices for whatever reasons because of whatever programming they had. And I, I try and fail to see like the Trump supporter in that way, right? Like, or the, the conservative person, the white supremacist, like, how did you get here? Yeah. Right. And so like I think about all of the things that go into that programming, whether it's media, if it's social media, if it's their their upbringing or their religion or their environment or whatever that programs them to think and feel and respond the way that they do. And I think that it's a double edged sword. It cuts in both directions. If you're not seeing something that is inherently more progressive, you're, it's going to continually narrow your view of like the world mm -hmm. and who's in it and what they deserve and what they should be able to do and who you are in relation to them. This is what I want to wrap up on. As, a, and, and this is not something you're supposed to necessarily have a specific answer to, but I am always looking for strong, good wording when it comes to like <laughs> how I engage with my kids when it comes to, to stuff. Because I, I, I do want to show them stuff that I liked as a kid. Mm -hmm. Stuff that wasn't like, I, I'm not looking to show them nightmares <laughs> I'm looking to show them stuff that has like that's like 80 to 90 percent good stuff mm -hmm. right that's got mm -hmm. some garbage tied in it and we used to fail miserably at over explaining things to the point where it like we showed our oldest when they were four years old Indiana Jones and thinking that'd be fun and then when the Nazis showed up <laughs> instead of just Yikes. listen instead of just saying to a four-year-old Nazis are bad. They're the bad guys. <laughs> Stefan and I went down this like, <laughs> well, okay. See, in the, like, this whole history of the horrors. Back in the 40s, the, there was this thing. Yeah. Of like the Holocaust and like, oh, and, like, sorry. We should have just said yeah. bad people to a four-year-old. Um, so <laughs> what are good ways to... And I ask this because of your experience studying and talking about this for a while now. What are good ways to navigate this in terms of wanting to share things that you enjoy with a younger generation? I mean, lots of times we just go, 
it ain't like that. That's not, that wasn't okay. And we move on. But like, <laughs> maybe that's enough. But, <laughs> and it may not be an answerable question. This is one of those things that I think, full disclosure, like neither one of us are parents, right? But look, we have different children in our lives in different ways. Yeah. And I think this is one of those things that shows up in the ways that we ask questions of children, right? Mm. When a child is presenting an idea to you that this toy is for boys or this toy is for girls or that color is representative of a boy or, you know, that show is for whatever. Right. I always feel like if you ask someone why three times, you can generally get to the root of the issue or the root of whatever it is that they're talking about. Well, why do you think that's that blue yeah. is for boys? Well, I saw it at such and such and blah, blah, blah. And da, yeah. da, da. And it's like, well, why did they say that? Or why did they, you know, present it that way? Or where did you see that? I think if you like just ask why a few times yeah. and make them have to think about where that's yeah. coming from and then maybe challenge it. I think oftentimes we get to the root of like whatever the thing is that we're talking about. And I mean, it's something that I enjoy doing in interviews when I have the time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like oftentimes you don't have the time. But like I think if you can ask like that second or third, sometimes fourth, why of like, well, where did that come from? Or yeah. why do you think that? Or or why did that feel that way to you? Or why did it speak to you in that kind of way? I think you can really start to see the ways that the messaging is having an impact, whether it is the way that they're internalizing the information or the way that they're expressing the information, those kinds of things. And I yeah. think that as a person who is, you know, like I said, always consuming and creating media and thinking about media, I'm always thinking about like, well, what is the what is the message that we're sending out that is going to be saved in someone's mind? Because I remember being 10-ish uh, and I had seen, I watched a lot of talk shows as a kid. Yeah. And I remember always <laughs> being like really intrigued by queer people on talk shows. And like Ricky Lake would have bisexual people and all kinds of crazy yeah. shit, right? And I would be like, <laughs> I was so intrigued, but I didn't have an appreciation for why I was intrigued by it. But then Oprah had Greg Louganis on her show. Mm. And if for those of you that remember Greg Louganis, Olympic swimmer, swimmer. who was, was uh, gay, but also HIV positive. He had an incident where he hit his head and he was bleeding. And it you know opened up this whole conversation about HIV. And like, I saw Greg Louganis on Oprah talking about what it was like to be gay for him and that he was always, he was like afraid and scared to speak out loud about it and, you know, afraid of being rejected and ostracized and all those things. And that was the moment that I realized, oh, that's what I am because I've been feeling that all of these years. I've been trying to figure out what the language was for, you know, a number of years up until that. And I was like, I'm like him. But then I also knew like, but I better not say that out loud to anyone. See, ah, but right? here, and I know that I have to, we have to as have let Travel let the birds out. But I, but when I listen to that, <laughs> I also think, again, that's a lens that's on it. Because, like, that started yeah. with, that started with what will somebody consuming this take away from it? Mm -hmm. And the horrible realization that my children are not taking away the same things that I took away from something, right? Like it goes back to the Charlie Brown. I never once thought that those kids were mean. I just thought they were kids. But you you also but, saw it in that time. Well, in that time. And now my perspective has changed because I have a kid and I'm like, well, do yeah. I, what will my kids see and take away from this? And not take away right now, but take away five years from now, mm -hmm. to, you know, because we, we process and we remember things differently. All right, Travel, bring us home. 
Well, I I don't I don't know I don't know what to to suggest in terms of things to say, but I am thinking about and you sort of mentioned this earlier about like the other forms of media that you know you're introducing your kids to, right? And how that though whether it's books, whether it's plays, whether it's music, how those other forms of media can either affirm what they've seen on TV in these old shows or how they can push up against it. Right? right. And so I, I think about, you know, watching those classic black sitcoms that I mentioned, yeah. seeing how homophobic and transphobic they are. But like I was also watching this show called Noah's Ark from back in the day, which was like a black gay sex hey, in man. the city. OK. And I remember how I just remember how different, you know, those those classic black sitcoms and Noah's Ark treated gay people one of the reasons with Noah's Ark being about black gay men in Los Angeles written and directed by a black gay black man who gay lived man. in Los Angeles and so I just wonder about you know making sure that the other forms of media that we're introducing young people to can be those counterpoints so that it doesn't always have to be a conversation right, right. but you can oh, no, introduce good. you know you can introduce something else yeah. that like you know decidedly shows that Nazis are, are bad, right? <laughs> or decidedly shows, you right. know, Come that on, homophobia or transphobia. Time to watch Schindler's List. <laughs> Get your popcorn. There you go. Put on your PJs. I don't want to have this conversation, but this movie can have it for me. You know? Yeah. No, Thanks, no. Steven Spielberg. Uh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I will say, no problems there. I, I, I will say that actually... Thank you for saying that because that's a really good point. That is exact. That's one of the things we try and do and talk about is just like music for us is just a great way to not only talk about difficult things, like to use them as a starting point, or not difficult, but just things like, oh, yeah. you like this? You like this singer? They're great, aren't they? They weren't allowed in the same door as the people who were, you know, paying right. to hear them, right? Just small. Sometimes little... it's okay to have a very special episode conversation. That's right. right? Oh, like, my about, poor children yeah. have to, like, the <laughs> oldest is like, are we about to get one of your lectures? And I'm like, buckle up. You're in the car. You can't go anywhere. That bumper sticker is offensive because X, I Y, and Z. Anyway. Oh, well. Well, everybody, on a very special episode of One Bad Mother, uh, we continue to pull apart the nuances of media on our children and our parenting. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. And I just had a really good time. I like talking to people, who, especially very smart people. And I, we could have literally. Or us, whichever one you can find. Whichever, so, yeah, yeah, or you guys, whoever's there. Thank you, Gabe, for being my smart person. I like to talk to. <laughs> We're going to make sure, guys, you're already listening to this podcast. If you aren't already listening to Fanti, you should. And there are so many. And what's great is you can kind of go through and go like, all right, maybe I'll start with the Bill Cosby one and just see where that is, right? Or mm -hmm. I'm going to go and do the Tyra or... I, you know, go all the way back to the beginning because I like to see how people progress through their discussions. Oh, Lord. I actually hear a lot of, we get a lot of feedback from listeners that they're like, oh, I went back and I listened to them all. Uh, one of the things that we thought about when creating the show was that, like, if we're not topical and talking about what's happening this week all the time, yeah. it gives us the opportunity for people to go back and have these yeah. have these conversations and things like that. So it's really well. Great. Sadly, you can be as topical as you want when it comes to the topic, but the issues that surround that topic, yeah, sadly, are yeah. timeless. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah, good sure. job, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> everybody will link you up to where you can learn more about both Jarrett and Travel and the podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. We all know how much we love KiwiCo on this show. Plus, it's the school year, and that's going to be filled with transitions, whether your kids are going back to school or logging into a classroom from home. KiwiCo saved me during the pandemic lockdowns. I mean, we did everything from making catapults to making robot hands, a actual robot that moved we made. We made air cannons. That was awesome. And the great thing about Kiwi Crates is there is something for all ages. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash badmother. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Genius me. Me. Okay. I will. Genius, genius. Who's got the genius? All right. Here is my genius. Do you remember last week? I said that I was putting heelys on the shoes that had heels. No. Shoes that had wheels in the heels, aka heelys. Well, I have put them on a few times and gone out to practice with Raiden, the artist formerly known as Katie Bell. And <laughs> I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. And there are moments where you're just supposed to be completely balanced and moving on a wheel on one foot. Like that's because you've got to pick the other foot. Think skateboarding, but on your shoes. So like one foot's kind of kicking you along. And like my feet instinctually are like, go down. Like I got one heel. Basically, I am holding on to the wall of the house and letting the slight slant of the driveway just like gravity style slowly roll me a few inches so needless to say it was not having fun and thought well I don't ever want to do this again but I was having fun wheeling around and I was having fun watching Raiden wheel around and then I realized I need roller skates just gonna let that sit there I (laughs) Roller skates, I am 100% sure, are going to solve all my problems. 
and are going to be a really good idea. And now is my perfect hashtag for all things. Hashtag roller skates. Hello, almost 50. <laughs> Hi, Wombat Mother. This is one of those very simple geniuses that has been such a gift to myself. And that is WD Fording the hinges of my toddler's bedroom door so that after I get him situated in his bed, I can leave in virtual silence. Uh, yeah, so there you go. I'm not sure if that's something that everybody used to have problems with, but WD-40 this hinges, and you can just sneak out. It's great. You're doing a good job. Now you need to go WD-40 the front door. And sneak out and sneak away. I This is a great genius, and it's not a simple genius. This is a genius that many of us would never have thought to do and would have just lived in fear forever with how do I close this door without it. In our case, it wasn't the squeaky door. The air conditioning would make the door, like, rattle against the... <laughs> against the uh, frame so I would shove this little like piece of cloth in there at night so it wouldn't rattle it wouldn't rattle I think you are a genius and you are doing a very good job failures fail me me fail 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 you suck um, summer, summer. I'm failing at summer. I wasn't failing at summer when my children <laughs> had something to do. But now I just can't stand it. And there's like, I feel bad about all the TV and all the video games. And I don't know really what to do about it. I know that I'm just going to like go with it because... Who's asking it of me? So I'm going to set my bar super low, but I am failing at filling in the day from the time I wake up until the time I go to sleep with anything that I actually want to do with my children. <laughs> failing! Hi, Cousin Teresa. This is a major fail. We went to a goat farm yesterday, and my preschooler and toddler are absolutely loving pretending to be goats today. And they continue to ask me, like, as a reminder, what does a goat say? And for some reason this morning, I told them what a goat says, which is ma. And now they're just going around the house screaming, ma, ma. And it just sounds like, mom, mom, mom. And I think I'm getting a twitch because every time I hear it, I just cringe. Um, yeah, I think I should have told them to say dad or just some other obscure word because then I would not feel my whole body tense every time I hear it. You're doing a good job, and I am not being honest with my kids on what animal sounds are. <laughs> have a good day. Maybe you're being too honest. Maybe you're being too honest. You know where goats live? Outside. Outside, kids! Goats!
I mean, I know they're too young to send out to the yard all like completely and put earmuffs on. But yeah, this is a fail. This is, you built this house to failure and now you have to live in it. Shame, shame. Everybody knows your name. And your name is Ma. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Dipsy. Everyone needs an escape. Especially if there are kids in your house. Oh my God. Enter Dipsy. Let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. Did somebody say my and only? (laughs) Yes, please. Dipsy's an audio app and it's full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. I absolutely love Dipsy. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash badmother. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash badmother. Dipsystories.com slash badmother. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. The Beef and Dairy Network is a multi-award-winning comedy podcast here on Maximum Fun, and I would recommend you listen to it. But don't just take it from me. What do the listeners have to say? I would rather stick a corkscrew inside my ear, twist it around and pull out my ear canal like a cork than listen to your stupid podcast ever again. Please stop contacting me. Hell would freeze over before I recommended this podcast, The Beef and Dairy Network, to anyone. Not in a million years. Actually, scratch that. Um, Make it a billion years. No, how long's infinity? That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, available at MaximumFun.org and at all good and some bad podcast platforms. Disgusting. All right. It's time for a mom rant. (laughs) Hey, uh, I don't know what category this would fall into, but if anything, it's more of a shout-out to the other one bad mama I met at the park today. I was struggling to get my, get my dude out of the park, as is customary, with the toddler breed. And uh, she automatically told her kids, hey, we got to go, too. It's lunchtime. It's nap time. And that helped make my job a lot easier. Uh, 
Thanks, everybody. You're doing a good job, and thank you to Park Mom. Sometimes a rant is a shout-out. Sometimes it is a moment of joy. And I love this call so much. I, this is where it belongs. This is that, like, shout out to the park mom. I, a, first of all, shout out to you. Good job. There, we all know that there is a hidden rant below the surface when it comes to trying to get your kids to leave a park. We've dedicated whole episodes to bribery, to how it feels to have to football carry a screaming kicking child out of a park. None of that is fun at all. And what a absolute gift that you got back up from this other mom. And if you're anything like me, you're going to wind up going to the park like all the time in hopes that you run into this mom again. Then you can become mom friends. That's what I used to do. I'd be like, that mom was fun. Maybe they go to this park all the time. I'll just go at the same time every day. Is there a mom friend here? How about now? Is there a mom friend now? How about now? So really, really good job in that whole situation and good job recognizing the other mom and and good job to you, other mom, park mom, help it. What a simple and easy way for us to help each other, right? Like that, that was, even if, even if I took them all the way to the car and then was like, let's go back. It, that would be still worth it to support a parent trying to get their kids out of the park. You guys are both doing a good job. Here is to parents everywhere looking out for each other. Because, man, it can feel like we are all on our own. I really enjoyed talking with Travel and Jarrett about navigating... Media, there's, I think, especially when it comes to like what's okay to watch, what's not okay to watch, that always falls so squarely in your own personal, like the values. I don't know if values is the right word, but the sort of, you know, house rules that you've set up in your own house about what's okay and what's not okay to watch. And everybody has the right to set that up in their house the way they want to. And yet it can feel very imposing when you hear what somebody else is doing. Like, what do you mean they don't let their seven-year-old watch Stranger Things? What? Am I, am I doing something wrong? I'm probably doing something really wrong. Or the opposite way. They're showing their kid Stranger Things. Maybe I should. Guys, we all know our kids are all different. They all have to like, I've got one who... Ellis has zero interest in Marvel movies. Uh, they're just too big, too actiony, too much, except for Thor Ragnarok because my kids got great taste. That is a delightful movie. But all the rest, Star Wars, which is plenty of violence and action and blow up. That, totally fine. Marvel, mm-mm, no way. So when I say my kid doesn't watch Marvel movies to another parent, I'm certainly not insinuating that's for anything highbrow or lowbrow or some moral greatness. It's literally, we just don't watch those with hip. Minecraft is another great example. Every kid, according to Ellis, plays Minecraft and Roblox. We don't. We're not not letting them play because we're anti-Minecraft. It's against our religion or something. It's 
totally because we just didn't want to like invest in the mythology that that was going to like bring into this house, right? Like we already had things that involved a lot of their attention and their time and had their own mythologies. Ah, we're okay without an extra one. We're okay without it, right? <laughs> Not, there's nothing to it because it's what we're doing in our house and everybody gets to do what they want to do in their house. And it's just another opportunity for us to remember that our choices and others' choices don't have to be mirrors for each other whether that comes with our kids or whether that comes to our own needs and our own choices. It's better to just go out if we can and support each other when it comes to those two. Really? You're not doing Minecraft? Oh, you've got a will of steel. Good job. And I can say, good job letting your children do that. Did you get to actually have 10 minutes to yourself? Wow, that's great, right? Like, it's <laughs> just... Just go out and see each other and support each other. You know what's best in your house. So why don't you treat others as if they also know what's best in their house? So I really appreciated having that discussion when it comes to media, because that is a really complicated area for, at least for me. So there you go. Everybody, you're doing a really remarkable job. I am so keenly aware of how awful it is for all of our collective anxiety out there right now with school safety mandates changing all the time, with the anger that's just ugh, everywhere when it comes to like safety and COVID and school and the, hey, everybody's back in school and it's great. Wait two kids got COVID. So now everybody who's not vaccinated has to go home and quarantine for 10 days. Like, great. But as a parent, I'm like, uh, I was, I did not plan for quarantine, right? You get, because how can you? You still have work. So I just, I just see you guys. Let's go out and see each other. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs> I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.